0: Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, One God, Amen. Please open with me Psalm 51. You read it just a few minutes ago. I will focus on two verses, and then we'll jump to another passage, and then we'll continue in order. Psalm 51, there is a title for this Psalm. It says, to chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had done in Tobit Shabbat. We know from the book of Samuel that Nathan went to him after he had the child and after the death of the child. So David spent nearly 10 to 12 months living in this sin without confession until the prophet came to him. That's why you'll find the verse that my sin is always before me. Sometimes the devil is trying to accuse us with this verse. Your sin should always be before you. Why you find all the church fathers, St. Anthony the Great, St. Mark the Ascetic, St. Evgarius. They are telling us, especially sexual sins, it shouldn't be in your mind, you shouldn't retrieve it every now and then. So why David was saying, my sins are before me all the time or always. It was before him because he didn't repent. But once he repented, it has been totally away from him. So please don't allow the devil to misuse the verses in your life. Once you repented, I remember them no more, as the Lord said. And more than that, he's telling him, restore to me the joy of my salvation. He didn't lose his salvation. He lost the joy of the relationship if you are in this status today the Lord is encouraging you and me to repent and to confess my sins to restore the joy but not the salvation Salvation is still there if I am walking with him what is really amazing is telling us in this song that I will teach transgressors your ways who you are from what we can say we can see he is an adulterer but he knows he is walking in the right direction He will restore His salvation and He is ready To preach to others Whatever your past The Lord wants to use you Even in the, way, in the place where you have been Captured by the devil In your adultery In your drunkness In your envy, in your gossip In your abuse, in whatever it is He wanted to use you once more So please receive this forgiveness From Him and you are able to, to teach transgressors the ways of the Lord how? it is His miracle in you and He is ready to make it in every one of us open with me now again book of Acts chapter 7 we feel forgiveness is quite hard but if we received it it's very easy as we receive now Saint Stephen was chosen in chapter 6 in the book of Acts to be one of the seven deacons, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit does it make a difference? we will see now if we read what happened now he gave a very long talk and the Israelites were envious and angry with him as he decided to stone him read with me the last few verses we start from verse 57 Acts seven fifty-seven. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witness, witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, St. Paul later. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus Christ, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep how he was able to say nearly the same words as Christ did it is a mystery that we need to see the Lord Himself said in John chapter 16 verse 14 He will glorify me, He was talking with the Holy Spirit how? He will take what is mine and declare it to you He will take what is Christ and make it mine He will take what is Christ by nature to give it to me by grace through adoption we are the sons of God by grace and through adoption Christ is the Son of God by nature so the Holy Spirit is working in a miraculous way in the life of Saint Stephen to be able to say the same words to offer the same forgiveness that Christ offered to those who crucified him but in which manner? because the Holy Spirit has taken what is Christ and given it to Saint Stephen and he is ready to do the same for you and for me this evening he is that to take this power of forgiveness to, put it, to declare it, to convey it in your heart, in your life To the point, to those who are stoning you Those who are corrupting your future Those who corrupted your past Those who are willing to destroy all your life Don't say how It is done And he is able now to convey this to you Remember, we spoke and we prayed and we sang for the Holy Spirit. He is working the same today and forever. Please believe that He wants to set us free from this rest, bitterness and anger. We discussed in the morning the first two points. What is total forgiveness is not and what is total forgiveness is Now we have three points. It's not long like the first one. How do we know that we have totally forgiven someone? You will speak about it more in your uh, workshop, but let us take it one by one now, and then the discussion will reveal something more for you. Chapter 45. Genesis 45. We'll take it one by one to know exactly. Did I forgive? Is it what in my heart now, what is in my mind now, real forgiveness or not? Joseph is a great example, but please focus with each verse and with each point we discussed this morning. Let us read verse 1. Then Joseph couldn't restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. The verse is telling something very important to know if you forgive or not. Don't let anybody know what someone said about you or did to you. He will be a hero in front of the Egyptians to show them those are my brothers who sold me who wanted to kill me at one point and now I'm going to forgive them he didn't do it in this way so ask yourself now and figure out this person whom you know he hurted you much are you willing to keep this between you and God and between you and your father of confession or you and your counselor whoever he is or you want at one point to stand before everyone to say this man or this woman or my father or my mother or whoever he is did so and so to me Joseph decided to keep it very confidential and in a very loving way and not to make a shame on his brothers whom deserve every shame by the way. But he didn't see it as if he deserved like why? Because God has changed him. And as you said he called his first son Manasseh God who made me to forgive. The second son called him Ephraim a fruitful person you are not fruitful because still you keep this grudge and this anger inside you and he is willing to take it away. He is able to make it so the first thing, don't make it known to others. If you'd like to know that if you forgive or not, don't have this desire to make it public for people around you. Verse four is it? And Joseph said to his brothers, "Please come near to me." So they came near. Then he said, "I am Joseph, your brother." If you are really genuine in your forgiveness, don't allow anybody to be afraid of you or intimidated by you see yourself if someone who hurt you at one point and you said you have forgiven him is he afraid to hear your voice? is she afraid to see you anywhere? or not? it says if you have forgiven really or not again you can figure someone in your mind now or you can imagine someone now in your mind you said that you have forgiven him but is he expecting you to kill him at one point? Is expecting you to defame him In front of somebody at one point If still he is Then there is something wrong with you Again we are not Putting a burden on ourselves But we are trying to make it more easier Joseph did it Joseph was a man like us But with the help of the Holy Spirit With the help of the grace of God How much more Do we have it after Christ He had it without Christ How much more do we have In Christ after He has declared on the cross. Same chapter, verse 4 and 5. Then He said, I am Joseph your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. We will want them to forgive themselves and not feel guilty. Sometimes it's very hard. I was abused sexual or verbally or physically. How I can make him or her feel not guilty? What has been done to Joseph was a real hurt. He was about to be killed. He thrown them they threw him in this well and then they sold him as a slave. It is real hurt. But he tried to make it easier for them don't make them feel guilty you are not releasing them from what they have done but they had enough let, them, let God deal with their guilt you don't need to add a guilt in their life anymore but God sent me before you to preserve life David the adulterer is ready to teach transgressors the ways of the Lord how come this is the conversion of the grace Most of those who are working with addicts were ex-addicts. Those who are working with uh, abusers, they were ex-abusers. It says the grace of God is working. That's why you don't need to label people. He was an addict. She was whatever it is. The Lord told the lady in John chapter 8, I am not longer going to condemn you. Neither I will condemn you. But sin no more. Go in peace and sin no more. So to know if you have for, forgiven this person or not, don't add more guilt for him whenever you see him. He might come with this guilt. I'm sorry. I don't know how I have done it in this way. You have to release him from it. Sometimes he has no courage. Or he or she has no power to see that what I have done is really serious. I hurt you genuinely but we don't need to remind them of their sins it's time for us all to see that God sent me before you to preserve life your agony will be transferred into salvation for many will yourself first and you will help others in your own failure in your own sins you will be able to go and snatch those souls who were walking in you with you in this way before Number four, verse seven and eight, and God sent me for you to preserve a prosperity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house, a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. (coughs) What does it mean? To be really forgiven, someone we will let them stay face. It's not making what they have done something bad, but to show the, to show the greatness of my God, of my Lord. We said in the morning, a few So the great royal table, something totally different. I can accept anything else. If you want to take all my position, take it. I am sitting at the table of the king and here he is telling them something more Joseph, so that all what you have done because I trusted in God and it costed him 17 years of agony 17 years of painful experience in prison, and the help of Potiphar wherever he, he went but is, he is trying to tell us there is a cost for being faithful to the Lord but it's very joyful in the end. He was over all the land of Egypt. And he's pointing towards every one of us this this evening. There is a cost to repent. There is a cost to go back. There is a cost to cling, cling on his word. And maybe the world will persecute you for it. The world will say you are foolish. You are stupid. How come you forgive your brothers after all what they have done? you didn't learn the lesson rightly this is the word are you going to listen to this voice or to see Christ saying something different in John chapter 12 verse 50 the Lord said, and I know that his command is an everlasting life if you claim to the everlasting life you will hold his word against the whole world St. Ephesians was called Contramundum against the world. He was the only one believing in what we believe today, but he was victorious. How much pain he suffered, how much pain he endured at the time, awful pain, even from the emperor, from some bishops, from some patriarchs as well, patriarchs in the other churches, but he stand, stood firm to say, I know there is a price for what I am doing. And he's telling you, there is a price for forgiving A joyful later, painful decision, painful choice, but joyful later Whatever in your mind this evening, if it's a betrayal, if it's an abuse, if it is whatever it is The Lord is encouraging you, rise, rise and I will change it, transform it into something different I will give you a great reward, but stand firm for the world. I am going to forgive. I decided to forgive. Again, a sign of real forgiveness, you will protect them from their greatest fear. Sometimes we enjoy the fear in the eyes of those who destroyed our life at one point. In chapter 9, chapter 45, sorry, verse 9 to 13. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me and don't tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to me and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herd, and all that you have, there I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. For there are still five years of famine. And behold your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt. The greatest fear now, what else? What's next? You said you have forgiven us, you have accepted us, but we are still living in a famine for another five years. If you are really forgiving someone, take him or release him or here from the greatest fear he has, what is next? Will he give us food for how long? The invitation was so gracious. Come and eat, you and all, your family 70 people came and went with Joseph in Egypt they became the beginning of the Israelites in Egypt and the Holy Family of God at that time so to really say that I have forgiven you will protect him or her or them from their greatest fear he is going to do something at one point and by the way it didn't stop at this point see what's more our father is going to die, Jacob is going to die. Then he is it's time for him to revenge again. Seventeen years later, after the death of Jacob, this is what said in uh, fifty fifteen. Genesis. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Perhaps Joseph will hate us and he may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. We have to know, if you are really forgiving, forgiveness is a lifelong commitment It's not, I am forgiving you now I am forgiving you forever This is what Christ has done on the cross Again, a reminder, if we receive something eternal, we can offer something forever Not temporary Sometimes you are sitting and you are blaming someone in your family most of special sexual abuse was from a very close family friend Sometimes it's an uncle or, or a cousin or whoever it is The Lord is encouraging you speak out Go and sit with your father of confession Go and speak to a counselor It's time to take this resentment from inside It is a lifelong commitment In the same chapter 50 Joseph was telling them I have done it I choose this Forgiveness and I decide for it And forever He Joseph said to them do not be afraid For am I in the place of God What Am I in the place of God If you are going now to take revenge Or to sort out The lives of others Who hurted you At one point You are taking place of God So please don't blame God at all So Joseph was telling you and me, if you are really forgiven, don't blame God, don't judge anyone even if they are rightly judged Am I in the place of God? But as for for you, you meant evil against me I know, he is not denying what they have done but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people's lives now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones." And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is Christ-like. This is the work of the grace before even receiving the grace above grace in the New Testament. How much more we can do in the New Testament after we received the grace above grace. From the Lord in His cross, in His resurrection, in the new life He is offering to us. And Job says in 42:10, "And the Lord restored Job's losses, losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Jacob, Job, sorry, twice as much as he had before." I am keen on him and on her. To know that you have truly forgiven someone, praying for them to be blessed. Praying for them to be healed, to be forgiven, to repent, to receive this new life of salvation. Have no nothing to say that I don't care about him or her. It's time to care about the whole creation. Man is created to be the priest of the whole creation. So take your role. Don't withdraw from it. This seven-point it shows if you really f- forgiven someone or not. Whatever is lacking in your life, be sure the Holy Spirit is going to take it, to take from what is His, what is Christ is, and declare it to you. Here's a small warning by most of psychologists and spiritual fathers: Never go to a person you have had to forgive and say to him or to her I forgive you this will be counterproductive every time unless it is to a person that you happen to know is yearning for you to forgive him otherwise you will be creating a stare that you will not be able to cope with so please don't volunteer it unless you know that someone is not happy is upset, is hurt by you and he is willing to hear. Forgive me. Sorry for what I have done. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I was just going to ask you if you don't go about doing that, how do you go about telling them that you are Yes. If now, for example, sometimes I have done something bad to you. Yeah. You felt it's bad, but I didn't feel it's bad. So how do you expect me to come and tell you I forgive you? If someone is. Yeah, yeah. a mediator between us and he is telling me what you have done upset and Andrea and he is waiting for an apology. I will do it. But sometimes I have some some people have this sick mind. I feel I have done something but let me go and say it. Sometimes I complicate for you because you don't feel there's something wrong from the beginning. So it's very important to know when to say it. It's good to offer this forgiveness, but we have to know when to say it and to whom we can say it. Still, some of us said, I don't, I'm not bothered to that. I can say, it's not my business, and it's not my rights, and I don't want to work this way. It's a consequence for my unforgiveness. So please think of it as something so serious. David, at one point, his son Epsilon, made this revolution against him but because he received so much forgiveness he was able to say what now he proclaimed himself again a king and David was fleeing from his his son not to kill him but when they went to fought against him he told them be careful, be tender to Absalom my son Still I am forgiving him despite he declared himself a king and he wanted to kill me He can't make it unless he receives something from God The same thing for you and for me this evening Believe it or not, you receive too much Or you, you already offer too much What you are going to offer is too little compared to it Remember the royal table that you are sitting on it Nothing to be compared. The Lord is telling us don't do it. Don't accept any, anything from the devil that to make it harder for you. So what are the consequences of unforgiving spirits? Number one, we lose our forgiveness. It is serious as such. You know it many times in the Bible, even you say it every day in the Lord's prayers. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each one of us of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. It's the end of the story or the parable in Matthew chapter 18 verse 35. I'm going to lose my forgiveness. why? Because I am not able to offer forgiveness once more. So please take it seriously. If you can't make it, ask for help from the church Ask for help from your spiritual guidance Ask for help from someone But be sure that your forgiveness is in danger valued it and its right value As we said in the morning, the second thing The Holy Spirit is grieved What does it mean? I am so weak I can't resist any sin whatsoever. Let us read the verse again from Ephesians 4, 30-32 to Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And in verse 32 Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So the Holy Spirit is grieved. Your resistance against any other sin is lowered. Your enjoyment with the Word of God became merry. Your walk in the spiritual walk became very weak. Why? Because you choose this unforgiving spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 it says, The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. What does it mean? The spirit of unforgiveness means you are left to your own ways. God is not leading you anymore. He says in Romans chapter 8 that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. But if I am led with my own ways, the proverb said, but a good man will be satisfied from above. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 14. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. What does it mean again? If you are left your own ways, it is not the ways of God. But the good man will be satisfied from above. The way you think of revenge... The way you think of punishment for those who hurt you, the way you think of defaming them It tells and it shows you are left your own ways But Christ is not going to do it at all We are taking responsibility of everything, we are not denying anything, we are not repressing anything But if I am not going to forgive, I will be left to my own self, which is a disaster In James chapter 4, he's telling us a list of many things we can do. But it ends up, he says, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? The spirit of unforgiveness is the spirit of the world. Those who are telling you, go and revenge, go and take your pride. Go and go and do this and this. It's the spirit of the world. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. A spirit of unforgiveness is an enmity with God Maybe you are in this position again, any one of us, without seeing the reality of it Why? Because I am ignoring the reception, I am not receiving anything Still I feel that I am good enough I am not so bad as you imagine You don't see my heart, my heart is so close to God but your deeds is absolutely against God. will. you are walking in your own ways, not from above, as Proverbs says. Again, we are not here to hear a story, or to contemplate on David's repentance or Joseph forgiving for him for his brothers. It is my journey, and your journey, and it's the lifelong journey, the lifelong commitment for all of us again this spirit of unforgiveness has another consequence, you lose your anointing potential, what does it mean? let us read again from 1st Thessalonians 5.16-22 rejoice always pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you don't quench the Holy Spirit don't despise prophecies tell all things Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. I will lose this fire of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I choose not to rejoice. Because this bitterness inside me. I can't pray because I feel there's a barrier between me and God. I can't receive His forgiveness. I can't release a forgiveness to someone else. So I am losing the potential of this anointing and then I can say, I don't know what happened in my life why this power is creeping from my life I can't resist sin anymore I can't feel the joy and happiness in my life anymore because you are holding this grudge in your heart you are still not able to forgive your father for what you have done I was discussing something with a father few weeks ago and he was amazed that his daughter is accusing him when she was 5 or 6 he hit her it's not right, it's not nice, but it happens. And she is holding this against him in a very aggressive way till today. You might say, I am not this person, but still, you have something in your mind. Against your parents, against your brothers, against your teacher, against your professor. Someone, you say that he is not, he didn't deal with me in a, in my, according to my expectation. We are all imperfect. But please don't lose the potential of the anointing Don't lose the fire of the Holy Spirit who works in you And who is ready to work once more in your life Again, there is no authentic fellowship with the Heavenly Father Our worship in the Orthodox Church is different from any other Church We are worshipping the Holy Trinity Every other Church said we believe in the Trinity But we worship the Trinity we have a personal relationship with God the Father, we have a personal relationship with God the Son, and personal relationship with God the Holy Spirit. In 1 John chapter 6 and 7, he's telling us about this fellowship. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice at truth Unforgiveness is darkness. Unforgiveness is a lie. That we love Christ, we receive something from him but we can't offer anything to anyone else but if we walk in the light as He is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin this light, His light, its relationship with the Father will allow me to enjoy the fullness of the forgiveness of sins through the blood of His Son Please, it is very serious and it's very real to those who have experienced it please when you pray after we finish this session tell him it is not real yet to me don't be ashamed and don't even live in a denial anymore tell him it is not real for me still I can't forgive some, some people can say it in a very strange way I can't forgive my father because he died at, when I was young or I can't forgive my mother for the same cause Definitely it has no logical reason No one has to choose to die But again, it is what is inside me What the devil inserted in my mind falsely at one point can forgive your parents for a separation, for a divorce, for a bad life, whatever it was It's time to release this power of forgiveness I need this fellowship <clears throat> I need to show this light shining once more. As I told you yesterday you can easily see some shining faces and in the same time you can see some faces trying to pretend that we are happy but you can see the bitterness from each word the bitterness from each look the bitterness from each behavior from them and here is something very important in this walk you know now how to know that I am totally forgiving someone as Joseph and what if I'm not going to forgive the consequences of this spirit of unforgiveness? Here is something very important about the one who hurted me, or you can generalize it with anyone in your life. So say, don't blame God, but seek need. What is need? N e e d. When you are going to speak about this person who hurted you at one point, or any other person out of this. The topic of forgiveness. Ask yourself, is it necessary, what I'm going to say about this person, is it necessary to be said to anyone or not? If not, please don't say it. It will save you a lot. The E is encourage. Will this encourage, will it make them feel better If to this person or to anyone else? What I'm going to say, is there any sort of encouragement in this saying or just I'm adding, topping up words? The other E is edify. Will it build or edify this person or the one who is going to hear about them? Again, if not, please don't say it. And finally, dignity. Will it dignify the person? That is the way Jesus treated other people. He gave them a sense of dignity. He never dishonored anyone, even the worst sinners. So it's necessary to say it encouraging, edifying, dignifying the person. To avoid any more hassle, any more problems with those who hurt us or hurt by us. Let me finalize with you with a final thing. Sometimes we feel that we can't do it, we can't speak without this need, I can mix up things, and the Church is teaching us here we need to be living body we need to admonish one another we need to love one another we need to instruct one another the very famous verse, I think most of you know it Romans 15:14. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren that you also are full of goodness filled with all knowledge able also to admonish one another and we stated three rules it has been stated by many psychologists when I can tell you you are wrong because you are a member of the body of Christ first of all ask yourself what is the motive is the motive love or condemnation am I going to tell you what you are doing is wrong because I love you or because I caught you now you are a sinner if it's love go for it and you have to go for it second thing is level of speech I am going to advise you, instruct you because I am a saint. You are a sinner? Or we are both sinners? To so the level of speech, we are both sinners. We are in need of God's grace, of God's forgiveness. So I am helping you and you are helping me. And finally the measure of speech. Are you judging me according to the word of God? To the teaching of the church or your own understanding? You feel I am bad. Or the word of God saying, What I am doing is bad. So remember you have to admonish one another. It's a command. Mentioned many times, this is one of the most famous ones, Romans fifteen, fourteen. And we admonish each other, it's motive, level speech, universe speech. We have to put them in front of our eyes. Let me finish with you with the final thing how to forgive, how to offer this forgiveness. Take it simply in few minutes. First of all, I said, it is a decision and choice Make the deliberate and irrevocable choice not to tell anybody about what they did Don't make it public Sometimes it's not in your hands, the other person can make it public It's up to him or her But for myself, it's between me and God I went to my Father of Confession, to my counselor, to my spiritual guidance And this is the end of it for me so make this decision, I'm not going to make it in public, I'm not going to defame anyone Secondly, listen to them, should you be around them This is what Joseph did, he didn't say anything bad to them Make the decision, take, make the choice and take the decision Make it an end of bitterness, life of bitterness and wrath and anger he Put an end for it If confrontation ensues, say that which would set them free from guilt, as Joseph did Don't add a burden for them, don't say, you don't, you don't know what you have done You are not sure of how much hurt and suffering I have because of you Don't say such words, it is the way to proceed towards forgiveness Protect them from their greatest fear, as Joseph did it again Sometimes we are living in a house, parents and children or sometimes husband and wife or whatever the form of your family and there is a greatest fear from someone for an unexpected reaction for a certain purpose, for a real purpose or just a fake one. Protect them from their greatest fear. Even if you annoy it or Hurt your mother, your brother, your sister, your father, whoever he is. Make a a new, peaceful atmosphere for their sake and for your sake. To show that you have received something different from God. He wants every one of us to home in a different manner, different mentality. Because I assured myself of my repentance, and I'm going to confess my sins. Whether here or when you go back your church but I am not going to be back again to where I have been the Lord is ready to break the chains of bitterness wrath and anger keep it up today tomorrow, this year and next make the decision forever, Christ when he said it, said it's for all and forever never argue with the devil that he deserved some badness at that time he deserves to be reminded of what he has done at one point. Because we are seen by the world as fake preachers of the word of God. When we forgive, we are like our God. We have totally forgiven those people and are not keeping this ras of anger anymore. And the most important thing, don't cancel them from your life. Keep them at least in your prayer diary in your prostrations, in your mataniyat it makes a great difference in your life a great impact in their life as well even if you feel that you don't deserve it it's time to give while you don't deserve as we discuss in a few minutes maybe or tonight why? why you have to give them while they are not repenting it? it has no, nothing with the repentance it is depending on you receiving something too big and you can also, it's like exactly like a bigger asking you for a pound while you have cash in your pocket, a few thousand. You are not thinking of this pound too much. See yourself again sitting at the royal table, receiving the life eternal, the eternal forgiveness from Christ, enjoying this new life in Him. Then whatever you are offering is nothing. Again, make sure of this you have received first too much than what you are going to offer make it reassured in your life whenever you go to a confession sit with your father and see the greatness of what you received that's why part of our repentance is to see how awful sin is no comparison but my list has 5 or 10 and his list has 10 it is beyond that But again, it is not a matter of how many sins. Remember just one seed in the whole story of creation. What Adam and Eve did is nothing compared to your sins and my sins. But it is the cause of the whole disaster of the whole human being till today. So don't take your sins lightly. Sin is sin. And sin is disobedience and it takes me away from paradise. And to forgive is a full obedience to Christ. And I'm returning back to my royal table in Christ Jesus. May the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and forever. Any comments